welcome to Pop Tarts. <laughs> Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We are both editors of Bust Magazine in New York City. And today, in the studio, we are going to be talking about the film Ingrid Goes West. We have with us the hosts of There Will Be Drinking, Caitlin Moldenhauer. That's me. I'm Kate. And Meredith Nine. Hey, guys. I'm Meredith. Hey, everyone. These uh, lovely ladies have a podcast that's similar to ours in that they talk about pop culture. And I would say it's from a feminist perspective. Would you guys agree? We oh, absolutely. We certainly try to do that. <laughs> but whether one, we're successful or not, you know, that that's up to the view of listeners. <laughs> well, as a listener, I feel like it is. I, I agree with much of what you guys say. And you guys have the added bonus of making complimentary cocktails that go with your whatever it is that you're critiquing and Which I love listeners can <laughs> drink along everything. Yeah. <laughs> when you hurt Beyonce you are dead to me that is one hot ass cube of ice I also follow a girl who puts her face on bread women are savants when it comes to making other women feel bad there's not enough good cultures If you were to make a cocktail to go along with Ingrid Goes West, what kind of what kind of drink inspiration would oh. would you Ooh. guys draw upon? So it'd have to be something like very something... Photo- photogenic, and yeah, with probably uh-huh. like pick, prickly pear or something, uh-huh. right? Something California desert Joshua Tree esque. Yeah, like a prickly pear martini is probably it's like yeah. a little overdone, but something similar. I'd have to I'd have to have thought. About we usually that a take like a well-known cocktail and put our twist on it, which just means whatever we have left over in the bar from the last cocktail <laughs> we use for the twist part. Yeah. The, um, photo- and we've- the photogenic idea is really good mm-hmm. for people that haven't seen the movie yet. It's all about Instagram. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Instagram. Hashtag bless life. What do you call that? An Instagram. Influencer. Social media influencer, which is like, how is that a thing? Right. Um, the the general one-line description of Ingrid Goes West is an unhinged social media stalker moves to L.A. and insinuates herself into the life of an Instagram star. Uh, the quote-unquote unhinged social media stalker is played to the hilt by Aubrey Plaza. And then the Instagram star is played by Elizabeth Olsen. Uh and for the purposes of talking about the movie, Aubrey Plaza's character is Ingrid, the titular Ingrid. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Elizabeth Olsen is playing a character named Taylor Sloan, who is... Which is uh, such a good Instagram name. It's a, yeah, it's also mm-hmm. a name. I, I can't even say the word Instagram <laughs> influencer. My mouth is like, it's not a thing. The name also sounds straight out of like a... a a soap opera like it's just exactly oh, yeah. like starring it's, taylor Sloan. or like a, or like a like a some sort of boudoir novel would be like she would be the lead star or something i don't know it's well, just i picture like a really buff dude being a sloan yes <laughs> <laughs> also wasn't sloan the name of the girlfriend in in uh oh. ferris bueller yes yes, yes. yes it mm-hmm. was yeah. yeah and she could definitely be an instagram influencer now 
Totally. Oh, Hell, for yeah. sure. She had the jacket for yes. it. Yes. Yeah. For sure. And the attitude. Mm-hmm. Do any of you guys follow Instagram influencers on the Instagram? I feel I like I follow I've... a lot of dogs. That's I don't like know that. if they're influencers, but I enjoy it. They influence me. I also follow a girl who puts her face on bread. Ah! And that's very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm learning nothing about fashion. <laughs> so sort of speaking broadly, and then we're going to get more specific about mm-hmm. the film. I, while I was watching it, there were parts I loved. There were parts I thought were uneven. There were things I wish were explored more. There were things I wish were explored less. But as I thought about the film, I found that the lingering themes of the film would return to my mind again and again. I found myself thinking about the film a lot. I would give it like four out of five stars. Meredith. Yes. How do you feel generally? I feel very similar to you in the sense that I, so are similar in the sense that I thought that the film was entertaining, kind of clunky, could have had some editing, um, that it was cast incredibly well. I will say that uh, Aubrey Plaza, Elizabeth Olsen were great. I loved uh, Elizabeth Olsen's brother. Um, It was a lot of the, there was a lot of stuff that I should have liked about the movie, but in opposite sense of you, I didn't think about this movie since I st- I watched. Interesting. It. <laughs> Interesting. Like it was, it would be not something I would think to recommend to somebody. It kind yeah. of just was like I watched it. I went through that, and I was like, okay, over. You know, um, it was. It yeah, it just didn't leave that much of an impression. But to say it was a bad film would be not giving it its due credit because it 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 did do a lot of it did do something different in the single white female kind of movie. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, three out of five stars, I guess. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And Caitlin. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I I actually really like this movie, um, mainly because it just felt really relevant in the sense that, like, what, there was a recent study that Instagram is the most depressing social media thing to be on. It it causes people to have the most anxiety. And, like, if you're exploring social media and mental illness together, that is this movie, but as a dark comedy. Yeah. So to me, it just felt super relevant as well as being well acted. And the whole thing kind of looked like an Instagram filter, which I thought (laughs) was a cool touch. It really did. And then this was kind of a subtle thing, but I, I, when I was watching it, I had to, I thought to myself, is this composed by Danny Elfman? Because the music was so weird and appropriate to like the darkness of the movie. Right. I, I mean, I, I agree that maybe it was a little long, but I think all movies nowadays are a little long and could use editing. Um, that's just a blanket statement about (laughs) movies, but, um, I, I, I really enjoyed it and I loved the ending. Which I think is interesting. Unpopular. I loved it. I was so huh. concerned. But I, well, yeah, it's so very concerning. concerning. <laughs> the whole movie is very oh, concerning. <laughs> well, not if I wasn't concerned about her so much as I was really needed answers about what happened to um, who's who was the guy that hit someone's son. Ice. Oh, right. Ice so Cube. Ice Cube's son, oh, O'Shea Ice Jackson Cube. Jr. He plays a character named Dan Pinto, but... Who should have been the star of the whole movie. Oh exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That is one hot-ass cube of ice right it there. So- <laughs> I was so wonderful. aroused by him. Oh. Great smile. Yeah. Just delicious. Charming. I was so into him. So charming. He was I amazing. felt like he was largely wasted. I mean, like, he, he was... Good in all of the scenes that he was in, but I could have used like 50% more yes. of him and like 50% less of uh, 
the evil brother, Nikki Sloan. Yeah, because he was kind of like a one-trick pony. Like, he was right. very entertaining to watch, but you didn't have to see that much of him to get who he was. Yeah. The Nick, Nick, Nikki Sloan, the brother. Right. Um, whereas the boyfriend who was played, uh, I forget his name in the movie. Dan oh, Pinto. Yeah, Dan Pinto. Dan Pinto. Um, he was definitely like a more complex and interesting character. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, anytime he was on screen, I loved him. But I found the thing, the lengths that he went through, like the lengths that he went to for, for, for Ingrid seemed ridiculous like right. to like to to jump to think that he would do that he didn't seem like he didn't seem crazy like like ingrid was crazy they he were they weren't portraying him as an ir- irrational he was person like insanely sweet too nice he yeah too hot too nice <laughs> she, <laughs> she abused his kindness she did but to a level when that a guy comes just around crazy. like that you just snatch that yeah yeah but to a certain she extent even had a question he knew what was going on he enabled her yeah, he yeah. wasn't right. like this is wrong. Stop. Yeah. He was like, eh, Fair all enough. right, I'll You're be right on this. That. I'll be on this train. But maybe the problem was that he was like so foxy that every time Aubrey Plaza mistreated him, it's like if he was my man, he, I wouldn't give him all that grief. Well, maybe <laughs> I would love him up. Maybe yeah. it was like the switch up, and he's like, no one's ever this mean to me. <laughs> I like that they didn't harp too much on Taylor Sloan's fakeness as a person. I like that they kind of like just showed it in terms of like the, the, the plot and, and how her, her tumultuous relationship with her husband and all that. Uh, I like, that's exactly what I hate about social media. I was like, none of these people have these lives. And I like, you know, it's just, it's difficult to watch. Well, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you hit on an important uh, sort of central theme of the film, which is the curated life. Yes. Yeah. I feel like millennials you young, fresh-faced, brilliant millennials <laughs> um, have have are very used to the idea of having curated lives. That you have a, a public face to your private lives that are very carefully curated, and people are doing it for different reasons. But I feel like anyone who's at all in media, which seems like everyone because everyone's on the internet. We're all podcasters here. Yeah. Um, everyone is encouraged to have a quote unquote personal brand. Mm. And that personal brand is, you know, like if, <laughs> you're like, fuck a personal brand. And you know, if you're trying to do anything, like if you're trying to, to publicize yourself as a podcaster or as a writer or as a media personality, um, we're magazine editors. People want to know, like, how many followers do you have on this platform and that platform? And what is your personal brand and what is your social media footprint? And there's definitely pressure to curate your public persona. Mm-hmm. And this movie really sort of plays that up to its scariest sort of conclusion. Absolutely. What is what is everyone's relationship to your personal brand and do you feel any pressure to curate in the way that Taylor Sloan does? Ooh. Um I do feel pressure to curate just as like as a media person, right, podcaster, writer, comedian, whatever. I have to like put out this is my business card essentially. Right. Um but it's kind of cool because to a certain extent you get to be a superhero like you get to put out the best version of yourself mm-hmm. and believe in that but then there's the reality check of like you know meanwhile you're like insecure at home in your bathroom crying going I'm never gonna make it so like <laughs> it, it's it's cool to know that people are looking at you that way but you also like 
it's hard to be well-rounded in that that's maybe your only face that people see, you know? Right. So I, I definitely connect to that, but it can be positive because it can really push you forward. If you see something that you want to be and you're faking it, you know, like you can maybe get there. You can fake it till you make it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we have, I mean, we have so many conversations about like, is this on brand? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> when you say you hate it, I, yeah. I make you have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Kate and I. And our, about your podcast. About our podcast. And, and, you know, is this on brand or what can we do? This, this, doing this is on brand. And, um, and I do almost all of our social media, which is actually ironic. <laughs> She's really good at it, it too. <laughs> which is how much I hate it. But I'm really bad at engaging in it. That is my problem, which is why we like uh, it's not as, uh, you know, it's just it's so it's much easier to put out a public persona than to like live it. Uh, I oh, guess. yeah, totally. I, I so um, I don't know. I, I, I also think that what we put out is who we are. We don't really fake well, anything. Well, that's the trick, right? If you put out the essence of who you are, then you don't really have to worry about, like, yeah. pretend. Whereas in this movie, that is the opposite of what's oh, happening. absolutely. You know? Well, yes and no. I, I feel like I hated Taylor Sloan so much. <laughs> Be, and I feel like I was supposed to hate her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think it's because, I mean, certainly there, there were complexities to her private life that she was not Instagramming. But I feel like I hated her because her life turned out to be what she was Instagramming. And I was like, and her life was so heavily curated. I found that very uncomfortable. And exhausting. Because she was living her life. You know, she was planning out her life as like a, a series of Instagram opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that based on her personal relationships that she was she's bound to implode she's denying a lot of things and no she doesn't implode in this movie like Ingrid does but I think it's inevitable and that's kind of like hinted at right yeah I do quite I feel like I do uh I love the like LA stereotypes that are shown in oh this yeah that's funny <laughs> I especially I like while he was on for too long I do really love her brother because I'm like douchebag culture is not shown on television on movies enough yeah <laughs> I'm not like it really way. yeah it had a heyday in the 80s yeah like, <laughs> and then yeah sort right. of got subverted by hipster culture well like in, in particular the ones that all had like that he had like like three concert bands on his arm. Oh and yeah, just come back like from like, like from Coachella, yeah, or right. an EDM festival or something. I don't totally. know. It just was. I was like, I know so many of these people, and he, I do not see them on television or, or like movies that often. The reincarnation of the villain in like eighties teen movies. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know? every John Hughes movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we touched on this a little, but I wanted to explore it a little more. How well do you think that you can get to know someone based solely on social media? In this film, Ingrid gets to know the object of her obsession so well that she's able to to seamlessly integrate herself into that person's life without that person realizing that this person is a stalker who learned all about her from from Instagram, like it seems like their meeting is organic and they become friends. So she definitely knew enough about this person that she was able to integrate 
very easily into that person's life. But as we, as we mentioned, (laughs) like she really didn't know that person at all. She knew a, a curated version. How well do you guys feel that you know the people that you know only on the internet? I mean, not at all. I know them. I know them in the same way that I know someone I've been on a first date with. Like we've covered our interests. I know what you do for a living. I maybe know something about your family, but that's it. I don't know anything else. So, like for people that I've only interacted with on the internet, yeah, that's like it, it is basically like what I would know from someone that I just had a beer with, you know. Right. Well, yeah, and I think I think like what we were talking about before, like a brand, right? Usually, like we have like one thing we're projecting out. We're not like putting out like the dip, like the like rash I have on my armpit from like, uh-huh. from like shaving too much or, or like the baby that's crying in the other room and has spit up all and like it hasn't had a bath in three days. You're like, you're not <clears throat> putting that stuff out into the world. You're putting, you know, like if you're a food blogger, you're making food and like that's what I know about you. And then on the entire other end of the social media spectrum, like I remember in the late 90s when the internet was was just clawing its way out of the primordial ooze. Yeah, live journals and message boards were places where you would find like-minded people who were literally spilling every gut that they had, like every sordid detail of their very specific fetish, every like dark corner of their disenfranchised psyche. Nothing, no stone was unturned. I feel like those people from the beginnings of the internet message boards really knew each other, like probably more than like their own mamas did. Well, you didn't. You didn't have to put your name in your photo next to it. Correct. So mm-hmm. I think maybe that's where it crosses over into like intimate space. Yeah, you had your user. You had a username. Yeah, username. Mm-hmm. So when you're you're curating yourself as a public person with your name and your face, then that is the opposite end of the spectrum. Like you're knowing someone's brand on Instagram and you're knowing someone's soul on LiveJournal. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think this, I think this is perfectly illustrated in the very first scene of this movie where she's like really quickly scrolling through a ton of pictures of this woman who's getting married and just like liking everything. She's not taking there's like the captions aren't read. I think actually they do read them out as like a, a, a voiceover. The couple that yogas together stays together. Prayer hands emoji. A perfect day for a perfect wedding. Hashtag perfect. Happy to be sharing this day with all my favorite humans. Hashtag blessed. You're barely even look like putting any thought into looking into the picture, let alone like seeing, yeah. you know, what, what, what it took to take that picture to begin with. Yeah. It's just probably also Photoshop. You know what I mean? <laughs> like right. not just, and good lighting. You know? <laughs> Maybe one of the most tragic elements of the movie was the fact that Ingrid was so desperate for real, genuine human connection. And she was reaching out to people who were using Instagram to broadcast their coolness. So that's like, you know, it's like two different users colliding, two different kinds of social media users colliding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was also like what she should have been using social media for like or any social any media was like looking for like 
support groups for people who just lost <laughs> yes. their mother. Yeah. And like instead he she found like she just fell into the wrong trap. Right. Well, like she was ju- the I think the the moral of the story is that the at her basis is she is a moral like she is a mentally ill person who happened to like just fall into this trap like well she's I mean, she's not a total victim she's also a really good manipulator oh and absolutely. is using oh, instagram to get absolutely. what she wants so i mean she's a sociopath like yeah so like in a sense like social media is only um increasing those skills in making them good and also making them bad for her but i mean so taylor sloan is also a manipulator just in a a yeah. arguably healthier way right in a socially acceptable way. Um, in a socially yeah. acceptable way. Yeah, true. Because um, to a certain extent, like, you know, Aubrey Plaza, especially in the beginning of the movie, or Ingrid in the beginning of the movie, um, her emotional reaction uh, to at the wedding, which I think is like the impetus of how, where she gets help and then it doesn't work out. But anyway, I digress. Um, that is like, that is her best form her being angry and expressing her feelings. Ingrid, congratulations. Bite me, you fucking cunt! And it's like social media allows her to not ever be that. So it's kind of crippling her in that sense. But she's still using it as an enablement. I wonder if there's a gendered component to this. This would have been a totally different movie if it was a dude who wanted to date her and was stalking her oh, through yeah. Instagram. Or what if Valid. it was two dudes? Like, could you have made this movie if it wasn't women hmm. idolizing other women on Instagram? Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like two dudes would end a lot less sinisterly. Yeah. In yeah. movie tropes, at least. Or, yeah, they probably or it would have ended, ended violently. Or, 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 yeah, yeah. I was going to say, or they would just be best friends. Yeah, like, I, like I love you, man. That's basically yeah, like playing and like playing baseball or basketball or something. Just like you know, shooting yeah. some shit, shooting I, shit. There is there's not a lot of discussion in the movie of the danger of her being a woman and basically advertising where she is at all times. I never drop a pen, ever. I never no. let people know my location. Yeah, I agree. I would never drop a pin anywhere. I don't want to publicize. I don't, like, I don't need people to know where no. I'm sitting if I'm by myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that, no. No. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I feel like women are under more pressure to curate their lives publicly and to have a public social media brand based on themselves and who they are and how they look and what they do and what what their friends do and how they how they spend their leisure time I w- and at the same time you know women are told like don't travel alone you're not safe don't tell anybody you know where you live but then there's also this equal pressure to have a personal brand and i feel like it it's heavier on women so is there this sense that women are being pressured to put themselves in danger? I think, yeah, I think yeah. you're, I think you're right about that because like, well, also like the men, like for like men vloggers are all like motivational speakers or men who are like going out and like snowboarding an awesome mountain. Like those are the, right. like, like those are the two types, like men who are putting themselves out there are definitely like they're doing a totally different thing than women. And I think you're right about that. And so women, much like women, like, you know, the old saying, like women don't dress up for men, they dress up for other women. And I think that that's exactly, that idea is exactly what Instagram is for. And that's why women are having meltdowns over Instagram. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or meltdowns, like, or like 
too many maxed out credit cards and like because like they have to make their house their house their whole house look like an instagram picture their closet look like an instagram picture there's definitely that pressure um and yeah i think that i think that them being women is very important and central to that to that storyline for sure yeah definitely with the consumerism part of it too yeah i think instagram is just an extension of magazine culture Right. right. Instagram yeah. is just your own personal vogue. Mm. So are women doing anything different than they were doing when they were sitting at home and flipping through a magazine and being like, I need all these things or else my friends are going to think I'm not cool. I think it's just now it's on the Internet. So maybe you have more friends to more judging eyes. Yeah. So each person's personal brand is their own like Caitlyn magazine and Meredith magazine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like my <laughs> Pinterest board of my wedding or my yeah. or my bathroom or what. I, like you get an idea of like the perfect life that I want, but maybe isn't reality. But you can like probably learn a lot about me from that. Well, and I think I think, though, like the reason that there's like so much more Instagram culture is because like there was a certain echelon of women that only got Vanity Fair. Right. Like, or yeah. you can, like it's expensive. So now Instagram's a free app. Anybody can have it. Anyone can aspire to be somebody different now. And like, I mean, I ha- for instance, I have a friend and God love her. I've been to her house and she takes beautiful Instagrams, has so many followers. You go to her house, though, it's like a pack rack. Like it's like it's boxes to the, to, to the ceiling. And it's just like, you know, it is like this. It's just like a totally different person than who you really are. Women are savants when it comes to making other women feel bad. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. so good at that. Yeah. I wish we weren't so good at it. <laughs> no, I know. This film has been compared to single white female for the millennial generation. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys agree or disagree? Agreed. Agreed. Completely. 100%. Um, agree. I kind of feel like it, it feels a little bit more like what about Bob? Because you're kind of sympathetic ah. with the villain. Like, it's not like somebody who's there to steal your life and murder you. Like, they actually have a motivation that that the audience can identify with. And in Single White Female, she had to actually live with that person to be Mm -hmm. able to effectively uh, try to steal her life. As opposed to just flipping through her insty. Right. Although it had some uneven moments, I'm going to guess that, say... Maybe not even 20 years, maybe even just 10 years hence, there's going to be graduate students writing thesis papers about how this movie, I don't know, was commentary on this seismic shift in communication in interpersonal communication that we were experiencing at this time in human history. Yeah. And they're also going to be like, what was Instagram? Yeah, well, yeah, but they'll <laughs> mm-hmm. also sort of see the ways that it it made and destroyed lives. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I like um, I do think that you're right about that, because I, I was thinking I was like, OK, this is a single white female movie. But I I don't think I've seen a lot of this exact like this storyline of like social media, like just destroying. There was that a poor person. movie about. Uh, I guess, or unfriend. Yeah, unfriend. Mm. And there was also the episode of Black Mirror. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that one is. Yeah, that one is. There there is some kind of research that supports that, like, the under 18 crowd uh, is less into Facebook and Instagram because they want to be less public, which is why Snapchat is so appealing. And that's Uh. why they always take the pictures with their hands over their face. With their hair over their face? With their hand over their face. They, like, cover their... I put my hand over my face when I did it so you couldn't hear me. (laughs) But they'll be like, 
a ton of like 13 year olds, but none of their faces are in it. Oh, I, because yeah, I they're seen now that aware they've seen it happen to people our age, how shit from the internet comes back and bites people on yeah. the ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going up in Edward Snowden's time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They know about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for seeing this movie and discussing it with us. Oh, it was I, our pleasure. No it was great. So we got deeper than I expected. Yeah, that was great. awesome to be here. It's a fun topic. So it yeah, is. it was fun to do it. We're going to take a little breaky Breakenstein. And then when we come back, all four of us are going to ask one another, what, what you're watching? I'm Terrence Mickey, the creator and host of Memory Motel, a podcast that finds the drama and what we desperately want to remember or would rather forget. In season one, I explored such light topics as the different ways we remember the dead. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling the New York Times Classifieds. Christine speaking. I may help you. Hi. My name is Terrence Mickey, and I'm calling to inquire about an obituary. What information were you looking for that I could possibly help you with? Okay. I'm a big procrastinator, but I'm going to die at some point, so I just want to be prepared. And to get to the bottom of Stockholm Syndrome, I returned to the bank robbery where the first person was diagnosed with it. I always felt that I did something wrong. After... Almost 50 years, I felt, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I did what I had to do. And I'm kind of feeling proud of myself. And I followed a message in a bottle. He starts talking to me about a bottle with a message in it. And he says, Turks and Caicos. I'm like... And I'm, you know, I'm real expressive. You can't see me, but like I make a lot of faces. And I look at my cousin and I real quizzically and I go, I don't know what this guy's talking about. So I says, hold on a second. I put the phone down. I'm like, what? What? And I go back on the phone. I go, okay, excuse me. What's a Turks and Caicos? I had no idea. To see where your memories take me next, please subscribe to Memory Motel wherever you listen to your podcasts. And to share your memories, please reach out to me directly on Twitter at Terrence underscore Mickey or at Memory Motel. For updates on season two, visit our website, memorymotel.audio. And we're back. Hello. I am going to start with Meredith. Meredith, what you watching okay so i have a very crazy life so like a lot of what i watch is just like eye candy so like chef's table Mm. uh animal planet you know just things that make my eyes go like "Ah." (laughs) and then uh, instagram yeah that's (laughs) my instagram yes and then also that's well that's why i follow all food instagram i'm just like food porn is like my preferred porn i like porn but (laughs) but like put a food on but food like if you could also like eat a plate of chicken off of that girl's vagina while you do it that would be pretty cool um (laughs) it gives a whole new meaning to the term food porn did that once there's like an iconic photo of him eating steak off someone's back right and i posted on facebook i was like i would love to reenact this and so this guy i was dating was like come over i'll make steak it was so (laughs) 
hot that day though and i was really broke so i had to walk all the way it was like a really long walk and so i was so sweaty when i got there my feet were really dirty because i was wearing sandals so i had to wash my feet off it was like not the ideal i was also really late so you eat most of the french fries it, it was like did he make you steak frites i was eating the steak laying on the table while he was eating it off my back amazing so it was more hilarious than sensual and that was also our last date i I think uh, because my feet were so gross. Oh. <laughs> but at least I got to live the dream. You got a steak. You got good food. Yeah, yeah, I got a steak. You got a steak dinner. And I got to recreate a photo. Uh, that, that, that was like my Ingrid Goes West moment. It's pretty good. Um, all right. So what else? I I recommend Okja to everyone because it was so good. And you're a vegetarian. I'm a vegetarian. So what is it it's on Netflix. It's the new Bong Joon-ho movie. Oh. It's really good. Um, if you saw or like Snowpiercer, it's... Oh, this is the one about the girl in the... Giant the- pig. Yeah. yeah. It's less grim than Snowpiercer, but it's still really good. And it has... All- I think also the social commentary in that is super fun in the sense that it, like, makes fun of everyone. It, like, doesn't... It doesn't... Sh- like, everyone's... A- everyone has done something wrong. The corporations, the little girl, the farmer, the... You know, activists, like everyone is to blame. And I like that a lot. Um, I'm currently reading Wanderlust by Rebecca Solnit. If you guys are you fans of hers at all. She's also written uh, Man Explain Things to Me. Both. Like she's a queen and people should read her. Right. Like she's amazing. Uh, podcasts I'm listening to. I feel like I'm listening to all of them all the time. I really, I think like the, the two that I always, no matter what, listen to are Slate ones, uh, Political Gab Fest and, social, and Cultural Gab Fest. I love both of them. And I'm listening to your guys' podcast. It's Yay! amazing. Yay! You guys have like Julie Klausner on. That's so fucking cool. She's <laughs> like, amazing. She is a delight. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that covers it. That's about it. That's all I got going on. What and Caitlin, yes. what you watching? Um, well, <clears throat> I recently wanted to start The Defenders. Okay. Right? It's a big deal. Everybody's yeah. talking about it. I yeah. really want to watch love, that. Love so, Jay Jones. So love I watched mm-hmm. the first episode. Now I've only seen Jessica Jones. So I watched the first episode of The Defenders and I realized I don't really know what's going on. So I go back and watch the first episode of Iron Fist and I went, this is terrible. And then someone, actually Meredith's mom was like, you need to watch Daredevil. So now I'm on episode three of Daredevil. You have to watch all those things to I don't know if I'm show. ever going to watch The Defenders. But I'm currently really liking Daredevil. I'm you exhausted watched, just watched, thinking about uh, it. Jessica Jones. I did. I love Jessica Jones. That was Jones. amazing. That was great. So and that's the only reason hoping. why I'm interested in right. the Defenders. Yeah. Yeah. Just, there's there's not enough her, and I don't know what's going on. And I'm not. So watching I have it. to go back. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's one. like a 30 second like YouTube supercut that would explain it all to me. But um, I don't know. I just went back in my Netflix trail. Yeah, was I like, only I'll want to watch it for her. That's all. Yeah, yeah. She's phenomenal, and that show is so good. She's me. I loved Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment. Oh, I did yes. too. That was the best. And I think that's what rekindled my new love for what's Mark Paul Gosselar. Mark Paul Gosselar. Yeah, God. <laughs> he, have, you, have any of you seen that where he, the show where he plays Diplo? I haven't seen it yet, but the whole concept mm. is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what would Diplo do? I think is the name of it. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, mm. I would watch that. Yeah, yeah me too. And I love like the self- you know, like self-aware comedy where he was playing himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so good. 
He was amazing. Oh, wait. You're talking about James Vanderbeek. Yes, James Vanderbeek. Van I knew I, I had like, one. Mark Glasses, <laughs> the guy from Saved by the Bell, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Very similar. And the Not all white people dogs. look the same, Callie. Well, the beak, the dogs, <laughs> and the, but I feel like there were characters that they played in their OG shows look the same. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm also, hmm. I started reading. So in my neighborhood, they do this really fun thing where they put books in little boxes. Like it's like a free library. Oh, the and tiny little boxes. Yeah, so it's cute. a bro. It's such a Brooklyn thing, right? Um, <laughs> anyway, and uh, every day I'll walk by them and kind of check to see. And a lot of times they're like young adult novels. But the other day I picked up one that's like a Jeffrey Dahmer true crime novel. Yes. From uh, it's called Split Second by Catherine Collier, and it's by no means literature, but it's very entertaining. And so I read that a lot on the subway. Um. I think I think that's about it. Other than what we watch for our podcast, we watch a lot of content for that. Yeah, we just did an episode on Triple X. It was so much fun. What's Triple X? The Vin Diesel the movie. Vin Diesel OG movie from 2002. You don't the like first action leading movies, role though, right? Yeah, not an action movie person, yeah. really. It's pretty fun. Have you? I've been wanting to ask you. Have you seen Raw yet? Or oh yeah. You did you like it? Not enough gore. Really? Can you really? believe that? <laughs> yeah. The one where every people time. are literally barfing. Passing out in the theater. It's <laughs> not enough gore. Every time they that, sh- that they went to eat someone, they cut away. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck is that shit? You I are a monster. someone get eaten. Oh, actually, so I, I recently have been watching horror movies because I hate them. And <laughs> everyone has convinced them, like, writing blog posts about it. And so, like, everyone's convinced me to start watching them. And I watched The Babadook the other day. So, so scary. So good. So good. How it's annoying so good. is that kid, though? That kid is a genius. As an actor, <laughs> yeah. he's a yeah. Yeah. genius. Oh, um, hmm. I think for podcasts, uh... I'm super obsessed with British podcasts right now. I mean, I have been. I obsessively listen to uh, No Such Thing as a Fish. What is that? It's essentially just this podcast um, with these four researchers for a quiz show in London. And they sit around and talk about weird facts that they researched that week. And it's hilarious. Yeah, but it's like, and it's also like facts on top of facts. It's like their facts leads to something other, some other fact that they found and then another fact and then another fact. It's like this whole like Like fact off. Yeah, it is. It's great. That sounds good. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much it. Awesome. Callie. Me. What you watching? (laughs) Well, um, I've been watching old episodes of Seinfeld. Why? Because Camilla, Camilla and my (laughs) husband, he loves Seinfeld. And I love Seinfeld, too, but I hadn't gone back to watch them in a while. And there was this episode where Poppy pees on the couch. Do you guys remember that episode? Poppy's like the pizza guy, and he has like some sort of problem with his stomach or something. But anyway, he Jerry gets a new couch. Poppy's over at the house for some reason, and he pees on the fucking couch. That's not the best part of the story, though. The best part is that Elaine is... The couch moving guy, Elaine starts seeing because he was moving the old couch to her house and they start dating, but they just hang out in the van the whole time. And which is highly suspect. If you're on a date with someone and it's your second date and they still just want to sit outside. He said he doesn't have furniture because he hates furniture, but since he moves furniture all the time. But like, you, you probably also don't have an apartment. Also, a, <laughs> van, a van is a red flag. Yeah. Well, just yeah. owning a van. It's a moving van. At least it was for work. <laughs> all right, fine. I'll but, take it. So... Elena uh, was at the Poppy's Pizza Place and they were talking about abortion and they find out 
that Poppy is not pro-choice. And Elaine refuses to eat there, right? And runs out of the place. And Jerry was like, well, what, what's Van Man think about abortion? And she's like, oh, shit, I got to ask him. Well, he was not pro-choice either. So she just jumps out of the fucking van. But there's a part where Kramer and Poppy are talking and they're making a pizza, right? And Kramer wants to put cucumbers on the pizza. Ew. And Poppy is like, Weird. you can't put cucumbers on a pizza. And Kramer no. goes, this isn't a pizza yet. It's not a pizza till it comes out of the <gasps> oven. And I was like, oh, Kramer with the abortion side yeah. joke. I am here for that. Yes. That was a very nice pun. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, so I've been loving that. Also, I'm very confused about why Greg, uh, George, is always da- George is always dating women. like Beautiful women. Yeah. Well, it's also oh. like uh, in yeah. Friends... I know you you haven't ever watched. I have not Friends. watched Friends, but in Friends too, they've done statistics. They've like rallied, callied it up, and like the uh, the one who dated the most was Chandler, and it's like why? Like he's the least attractive. And there's so many jokes about him not sleeping with any. Yes, women. and he's dated, but he went on all the dates. Everybody. Yeah, it's weird. So weird. Yeah. Um. What else? What else? Oh, I went to this thing called Fight Night at this my friend's bartender trap, which is a great bar, and I love that place. And now they have these fight nights, and I've been to a couple before that were like underground boxing matches. So that's what I was still expecting, but it has evolved since the last one I went to, and now it's like full-on WWF, like extreme, planned-out, choreographed, crazy Whoa. fighting. Whoa. And in a this, bar? In a bar, in the back of a bar, and this one involved... They dumped all these tacks on the ground and they were body slamming each other onto the tacks. Was there blood? Whoa. There was so much blood because this guy, uh, my favorite guy, Casanova Valentine is his name. He unfortunately didn't win this match because he can't win everyone's setup. But the other guy stabbed him in the head with barbecue skewers. <gasps> and they were like, where is this happening? I want to go to this. the tinder trap. The tinder trap. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And they're go. like, yeah, all <laughs> sticking out of his head. Like, in there and blood is coming out of his face and they're slamming each other on giant wood that they put between chairs and breaking the wood. Oh my gosh. When do they do this? Like what night? Yeah. Like, yeah, like there was some more details. Get it's sporadic. Okay. But if you I'm go follow the Tinder it. trap on Facebook okay. and they'll post it okay. next right. time. Have you seen Glow? On yeah. Yes. That's oh, so I love good. it. Yeah. Okay. This is Just very similar. Mm-hmm. And like we had some friends here from Chile and they were like, this is the best $10 I've ever spent yes. in my life. It's just so good. Awesome. Um, I also got in a fight with a Nazi there. And oh, him ran no. out of town. I was just <laughs> waiting outside of the bathroom. And Camilla was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm going to yell at this Nazi. And he was like, how did you know he was a Nazi? He was wearing an Iron Cross shirt. Okay, okay. And yeah, a, I was just wondering what symbol A hammer of, um, what is that, the upside down hammer necklace? Alone, separate, both of those may not be Nazi symbols. But together. Get, never put two possible Nazi symbols in one outfit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like what Coco Chanel said, always take one extra accessory <laughs> off before you leave the house. One Nazi accessory. <laughs> always remove. Also, you're just in the wrong part of the country to be a Nazi. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then when I called him well, out. Well, nowhere in the country is, is the right place, but New York <laughs> yeah. is very, If Coco Chanel know. got rid of one Nazi accessory, it would have been her boyfriend. Yo, yes! Yes! Burn. Burn zone. <laughs> um, oh, Coco. Oh, I wanted to talk about Tina Fey's cake sketch, the satire not yes. heard around the world. Mm-hmm. People um, got up in arms about it. How come people don't understand satire? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, the, the sketch is great. I, I disagree. 
You didn't like it? I liked the sketch. I thought it was funny, but I think it totally epitomizes what is white female privilege. That you can just sit it out. That you can just sit and you don't have to show up. You don't have to say well, I think that was because the it's point. not happening to you. I don't think she was saying, do this. I think she was saying, look at how ridiculous this is. The she was saying process. a lot of things at the same time. So yeah, it I became muddy. I think a she lot was. of her, I, listen, I think her writing is on point. I love Tina Fey. I thought that it was funny. I just, there were a few things that were like, just kind of like feeding into this criticism of uh, people who were like, you know what? I just don't feel like reading the news anymore. Yeah. Which is this whole like, I don't have to get involved. But it I feel like that was me. what she was bringing. Yeah, but to she the wasn't table, making was... fun of it. Also, I think everybody's overlooking the fact that she's trying, also was saying support minority owned businesses if you're going to eat a fucking cake. Don't eat a cake from a white person's house. <laughs> <laughs> Go out there and buy a cake from someone and put your money. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think that there's, I think the backlash is well-grounded. Like, I don't think she's not funny. I think Tina Fey's hilarious. And I think she definitely, like, it believes in the right things. I just, the criticism of it is like, oh, okay, cool. You know what? This makes a lot of sense. The next time we write a joke about it, we'll, like, keep that in mind and make a snide comment on that, too. Um, I saw the trailer for American Horror Story. Did you guys watch the trailer? Scary trailer. I okay. I, I haven't been scary. able to watch that show in a long time. I've got, I'm like exhausted of Ryan Murphy. There's like too much. <laughs> there is a lot of Ryan. There's Murphy too out there. much. I didn't watch the last. What was the theme of the last season? Roanoke. Well, and right. I, I, I didn't watch that. that and I, the, I I watched. I started watching the hotel one. I loved the hotel one. Yeah, but it started with, with a rape, and I was like, this is too much. I That's the one with Gaga in it, right? Yes. Yeah. I love mm. her. I know, and I really wanted to watch it, and I was like. Oh God! Metal peg spike raping in the first nope. three mm-hmm. minutes. Nope, shut it down. I, was, I don't even want to talk no, about. No, mm-hmm. okay. No. <laughs> well, this one start. It's got um in the trailer. Sarah Paulson is like freaking out and screaming at the TV because Trump won, and then she's like starts oh, hallucinating all these clowns around, or maybe not hallucinating. You can't tell. Uh-huh. And. I'm thinking that the clowns are connected to the fact that during the election, everybody was seeing those clowns all in South over Carolina. the place. Yeah. yeah. I will, and I will, I, I will say I like as cult as a storyline is like my absolute, like cult storylines are my favorite uh, give thing. Give me like, a cult. Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. I don't know if you guys have yeah. seen that movie. With no. Elizabeth Olsen. Ugh, that movie is so fucking good. I love that movie. And there's not enough good cult movies. Looking forward to this because I, Clowns can be terrifying, so I'm into it. And yes. I'm into cults. And yeah. I'm into something that's all spurred by somebody going crazy because Trump is president. Yes. Uh-huh. All of that sounds good to me. So I got really excited about this popcorn TV event that is going to be happening in D.C. The weekend of September 16th, I believe, is the fucking, not whatever they want to call themselves. What are they? Patriots? It's a patriot rally all going right. on. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. All those motherfuckers. Is scheduled for the same day as the Juggalo rally in Washington D.C. In Washington D.C., wow. the Juggalos have planned this a year ago because they want every when Juggalo to be able to come September sixteenth. What are you doing then? September sixteenth. Yeah, I'm probably in school, but I'd consider going to D.C. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> so the Juggalos, they they tried to get say that they were a gang and get them classified as a gang, which would mean like if anybody had a Juggalo shirt on. Or a bumper sticker, and they had like committed a crime, they would get in more trouble for being in a gang. Yes. So it's super fucked up. You know who's not a, considered a gang? The fucking Klan and the fucking Nazis. Yeah. Those aren't gangs. The fuck? Are th- 
the, the juggalos are yeah, fairly come after peaceful, the from what I understand. I Googled because I was like, oh, I wonder what the ratio, you know, what the jugglers' belief system is. Very Democrat. Uh, they're like super liberal. Yeah, they really they're are. They're very um, religious. They're very mm-hmm. Baptist. Mm-hmm. And they're super against racism. Mm-hmm. Like they have songs called Hang a Klansman. Yeah, I know. Either they're really a misrepresented. <laughs> yeah. So they were going, it's like a peace love rally for them mm-hmm. where they're going to show people like that they're not violent, crazy people. And there's people that are there that they hate, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be able to punch them because they're trying to not be a gang. The tension is going to be so high. Yeah. But the word on the street is that after like 100 white supremacists showed up in Boston and 40,000 counter protesters right. showed up, that a lot of those. Uh, white supremacist type gatherings have been canceled. Well, yeah. thank God. There was a phenomenal. I will still do, go just to support the jugglers now because I'm like, now that I've been do, doing good. my Googles, I'm like, I love you guys. Yeah. I don't really. <laughs> doing the music Googles. is not great. I don't <laughs> really like, I can't get down with the music, but I'm going to go support those bitches. Mm-hmm. What else do we got? Oh, <laughs> is sponsoring a party uh, for the Broad City premiere. With my friend um, who runs this thing called Pussy Power at Kinfolk on September 3rd. It's my friend Alana. The, her DJ name is That's So Raven. And awesome. That is going to be awesome. We did it last year too. So, oh, God, people are going to know where I'm going to be now. But oh, no. I'll be there. <laughs> that sounds great. We should, we're going to be there. We'll that be there. Sounds amazing. We're there. It's yeah. a Tuesday. Don't stop right? me there. Yeah, it's Just a Sunday. Or Sunday. We're there. Yeah. And that has been what I'm watching. That was an epic journey. I take you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's what I've been watching. Two words. Tiffany Haddish. Oh, my God. I love her. We just came out with an episode for um, Girls Trip. For Girls Trip. Tiffany Haddish was the breakout star of Girls Trip. So fucking good. And she has a Showtime comedy special Mm -hmm. called She Ready. From the hood to Hollywood. And it is both funny and poignant. She Aww. talks about going, being in foster care. She talks about being homeless. She oh talks God. about like coming up in the stand up comedy scene whilst being homeless and wow. like getting work while being homeless. And then she be- talks about like meeting her idol, Jada Pinkett Smith, on Girls Trip and how like her whole life changed. And it was. It I can't was wait to see this. Such a delight. It. it sounds so good. Yeah, that she sounds hilarious. Really so it, I am totally so gonna funny. love this. It's on Showtime. It's so good. Yeah. And Tiffany Haddish is. If you haven't heard of her, you will because she's gonna be a big star. She's mm-hmm. gonna be massive. Um, my secret agent lover man Logan alerted me to the fact <laughs> that uh, the new Jay Z song, "The Story of OJ," has a video yes. that is mm-hmm. actually viewable on. Uh, on Vivo so you don't have to be on title to watch it can I watch the other video yet not yet as far as I know but the story of OJ have you seen this Mm -hmm. you guys love friends he, we did a black friend. Yeah. Oh, I saw yeah. the write up. I haven't seen the video though. Cause yeah. Because it, it's got it's behind the goddamn title wall. Yeah. Right. I I do love the story of OJ though. That's the like story the of OJ has emerged from behind the title paywall and it is now on Vivo. Uh, and the whole video is animated in the style of the old Disney and Warner Brothers most racist cartoons from the Jim Crow oh. era. Oh. Light nigga, dog nigga, faux nigga, real nigga, rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga, still nigga. My name.
still nigga. The they recreated that racist 1930s 40s Disney style for this video. What were the the tar tar Song babies? of the South? Yeah, mm. and then the crows. It's more the the black and white ones, but yeah, it's it's wild. Um, and I and it's very. I I would say that it's social commentary that's firing at a lot of levels at once. Oh yeah, you're gonna want to watch it more than once, and it's I I'm almost loath to say that it's such good art because. He hurt Beyonce. And when you hurt Beyonce, you are dead to me. But if she can forgive him, I'm glad to be off the hook and able to enjoy Jay-Z. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I I say that I do it almost under protest. Yeah. While while Beyonce may have forgiven him, I I don't know him like that. So You're on on Solange's side. I'm on Solange's side. Yeah. Uh, I was so excited that uh, Queen Sugar made the jump from own to Hulu. And oh. I binge watched the whole first season of Queen Sugar since the last time I Amazing. saw it. It is so good. Yeah, I and I enjoy things. a soap opera. Mm-hmm. If you are if you're there for a soap opera, if you would show up for like a Nashville or like Oh you know, yeah. Then I really, really recommend Queen Sugar. It's has great writing. It has great acting. And the show creator, Ava DuVernay, Hired women to direct every single oh, episode. Oh, hell yeah. I love that. I also love Ava DuVernay. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the, we're talking about, like, she's going, I think she's going into the third season now. Every episode of the entire show has only been directed by women. That's amazing. All different wow. women. Yeah. And the the quality is so high. Like, I got really caught up in it. I, cool. I really I, recommend it. I want to watch this, too. I'm loving your list. So this is actually probably going to be old news to Meredith and Caitlin because you guys are Twin Peaks experts. But mm-hmm. I was listening to the Dirt Cast, which is Jezebel's uh, pop culture podcast. Yes. And they were talking about Twin Peaks gossip from back in the day, from the original Twin Peaks. Oh. And I was into it because this was not stuff that I was privy to, and it answered questions that I had about – uh, the original show. Like, for instance, you remember that Kyle McLaughlin's character, Agent Cooper, like, there was all kinds of sparks flying between him and Audrey, um, and Audrey played yeah. by Sherilyn Fenn. And then, apparently, during the first season, the actor, Kyle McLaughlin, who's in his 30s, started dating Laura Flynn Boyle, yeah. who yeah. played Donna, and yeah. she was only 19 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the hiatus between the first and second seasons... Laura Flynn Boyle tells Kyle McLaughlin to tell David Lynch to put the kibosh on the relationship between Audrey and Cooper because she didn't like all the chemistry that they were having together on set. Yeah. At the meanwhile, the actress Sherilyn Fenn is dating peacotness Johnny Depp. Yeah. Like she doesn't give a crap about Kyle McLaughlin. Like there's she's not gonna leave peacotness Johnny Depp. Well, there's a reason why Laura Flynn Boyle's not in the reboot. Right. <laughs> oh. not, so, like, she gets him to, 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 like, put the squeeze on David Lynch. And yeah. they had this amazing thing brewing that never came to fruition. And I never understood why. And it was because Laura Flynn Boyle that made him rude. do it. So rude. And then they broke up. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> and then that's why Laura Flynn Boyle wasn't in Fire Walk with me. Yeah. Oh. Point, point of information. Yes. Right? Laura Flynn Boyle was 19. She was 19 and Kyle McLaughlin was in his 30s. Dating an adult man. 
So she's making a decision that sounds rational to me for a 19-year-old. Right, yeah. but then the reason that they gave, that Kyle McLaughlin gave to David Lynch is that Agent Cooper has too much integrity to date a teenager. But he, well, but, well, he himself well, is dating a teenager. Oh, my because God. Every, because the, the literal like sl- town slogan of Twin Peaks is if you're under 18, down to peen. We made that up. Every relationship on that show is an older man with a younger woman. Yeah, every single one. Totally. Right. But my, my feeling on that is like, why are these two adult men like one being in an intimate relationship with this 19 year old and also like she's having these kind of like somewhat irrational, emotional, jealous feelings. And they're like. I don't know. It's just they're responsible for that mess. I'm not going to blame her. Right. She's a child. She's yeah. 19. She's a little baby. She yeah, was I was about baby. to say, oh, she's got to grow up. And then I was like, she's a child. She will grow up. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I'm sure she grew up and she was like, oh, my God, why did they manipulate me like that? Yeah. Like, it did not work out for me. I want to say that there is a new album out uh, called The Narrow Place by one of my favorite country acts, who is also a local act called Karen and the Sorrows. They're so sweet and mournful. They've got that whole Dolly Parton, Tammy Wynette vibe. They have pedal steel that sounds so sad. And they are a woman-centric band. The three core members of the band are women. And Karen and the what? Karen and the Sorrows. And they're a, they are the cornerstone of the burgeoning queer country music scene. <gasps> nice. There is Incident. a queer country music scene, and they are at the very heart of it. They started um, a series, like a queer country monthly series in Brooklyn. And um, they are bringing in queer country artists from all over the nation who feel alienated by the mainstream country music scene. And there is like a Brooklyn queer country scene because of Karen and the Sorrows. They have this brand new album out. It's called The Narrow Place. And it's so good if you just want to cry your eyes out. Oh my God. Mm, Yeah, every day for me. So sweet and sad. (laughs) If you like that kind of sweet, sad, Dolly Parton, Tammy Wynette style country music, get it. Don't sleep on it. So that is what I've been watching. And I would like to thank you guys again so thank much you for, coming. for coming, Meredith us. and Caitlin. If you guys have not, please listen to their podcast. There will be drinking, especially to the episode that Callie and I were on. <laughs> so much fun. That was well, awesome. Yeah. We talked about Band-Aid. Band-Aid. Yes. It was wonderful. And the drink was delicious. Yeah, I like I'm totally going to make that one again. That's really good. <laughs> and of course, thank you to our producer, Rachel Withers, the greatest yes, producer, producer. <laughs> And our pals at the listening booth, Terrence Mickey and Carrie Ann Thomas, and our girl gang at Bust Magazine. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Rems, and you can email us both. I'm at emilyrems at bust.com. Callie W at bust.com. And to find out more about Bust, visit us at bust.com. And finally, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Both of these. You know, yeah, both of our podcasts. It really helps us get the word out, and we super duper appreciate it. Until next time. Mwah. Mwah.